Tapped in to the full disclosure show. I'm Derek Lamont Williams the first. My man Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dasty, Dick Dasterly, and Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. And we got two very, very special guests. My man K Wall and my man George Baynard. And what y'all? Baynard, right? You get that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is it that y'all represent? The uh, K Zone? What is Zone? You want to go into that real quick? What that yeah. is? Basically, you know, I got a DJ service I got going on, and we've been doing it for over 25 years. We make music. We try to marry you. And we got a couple of videos pages on Facebook. We try to promote unity. That's what's okay. Up. That's what's up, man. We're well, we good. To, very happy to have y'all, man. Join us today. And uh, real quick, man, I want to give a shout-out to my cousin, Antoine Campbell, and his family. I just left Akron General Hospital. They go. They went through it right. Going through it right now, but he came out and he's doing all right. I just want to send all the well wishes and thoughts to him and his family. Actually, I just did a story on him. My uh, uncle texted me. He said it was on Channel Five. He went through it. He went in for surgery on his back, and then he ended up paralyzed. Wow. And then he ended up getting a blood clot and almost dying. Wow. <laughs> so, but he's all right, man. So special shout out to you, Kazo. And uh, I say every time, man, when we end the show, tell the people in your life you love them because you just don't know what may happen. And I went visiting in the hospital uh, two or three days ago. You know, we we ain't very close, you know what I mean? And now we, like, you know, texting and stuff. And, you know, and I was texting them. I was like, well, you know, everybody coming to visit. Let me give them a break. And then my mom said he was, he was just about left out of here. So, man. Yes, indeed. So that's what's uh, up. What's up? What's going on, Otis Hope, Patrick Bubba Boys Cole, Shondell Ray? I know it's Aquarius season. Oh, oh yes, sir. Aquarius is in the house. Yes. Happy birthday. Hey. 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 We got a couple fruit in here, huh? Yes, you did. <laughs> when your birthday, man? 31st. Oh, my it's goodness. Oh. Okay. You know how okay. y'all do. So this whole month of February. January 22nd. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, I knew it was something. January 22nd, Aquarius here too, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Aquarius. You're Aquarius. Yes, indeed. Oh, the you most waters. the most thoughtful uh, zodiac of them all. You know what I mean? What's going on? Yeah, is that, is that what it is? Definitely <laughs> what it is. <laughs> right after that. <laughs> so, hey, well, we're going to get right into it, man. You know, we ain't going to waste no time because we got a, a, a packed show. We're going to have different people's. Opinion, so we want to get right into it. We're gonna talk about what's up, Marcus? Gail King situation. Gail King, for you people who didn't see it, uh, Gail King did an interview with former WNBA player Lisa Leslie, in which uh, her and Lisa Leslie had a chance to sit down, and Gail discussed Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant's legacy. I'm just gonna go ahead while we're doing this, uh, look up to this, and then kind of play an excerpt. The excerpt that was played on national television regarding this particular interview, and I think it's quite interesting. So uh, let me just go ahead and hit play. There's a minute and 36 seconds. Yeah, you. There you go. 
There you go. You tapped into the full disclosure show, y'all. Declan, my way the first. Barbara Rich Green, Dick Dashley, Miss Lisa Lisa. Special guest, K. Wall, my man George. Got right, it queued up. Hey, for whatever reason, that particular, uh, particular thing ain't playing. Well, anyway, within this interview, I, I wanted y'all to hear so. You know, I could put up the uh, the comparisons of what happened. But Gail, Gail King went ahead and asked Lisa Leslie about the complicated legacy that Kobe Bryant left behind. Kobe Bryant was killed recently, uh, two weeks ago, in a helicopter crash in which he, his daughter Gianna, and several other people passed away, the Adabellis and a few other families, uh, which all their relatives, uh, you know, nothing but well wishes. We, we hope that they rest in peace. You know, it's a, it's a tragedy all the way around whenever you you lose young people, it's crazy. With him only being 41 himself, you know, that stung. I think it stung a lot of people. But in this interview, Gail King went on to, to ask Lisa Leslie, you know, about the uh, legacy he left behind and Kobe Bryant's 2003 charges that he uh, was brought up on rape charges. And Lisa Leslie explained to Gail King that, you know, she's been out with Kobe plenty of times. And Kobe Bryant wasn't like the average guy where he's trying to get girls when he goes right. to the bar the whole right. nine. I've heard it from uh, Stack. I've heard it from uh, uh, Matt Barnes. You've heard it too many times for it not to be true. Right. Sometimes you hear something and you say, okay, it's not to be true. He's not the type, I'm in the house, let every woman know that I'm here. So uh, the situation uh, was what it was. You know, uh, the young lady did not pursue charges. As a matter of fact, as the evidence started coming out, she had three different men semen on her underwear. Sure. When they when they did the investigation, she decided not to uh, go ahead and testify. So with Gail King, she brought up she brought up the rape charge. Mm -hmm. Lisa Leslie said, "Well, that's not Kobe. That's not the Kobe I know. He's not that type of person." This is where Gail King doubled down. Well, of course you wouldn't know. He wouldn't act like that in front of you. This is exactly what she said. She said, "Well." You know, Les Leslie went around that. Then she tripled down. And then she said, because Leslie said, well, the case was dismissed either way. And she said, well, it was dismissed because the witness decided not to testify. So Gail Key had three different chances to let it go. So after this error, Gail King then went on. Now, it probably would have died down. But Gail King went on television and she wanted to do a rebuttal. She was told, hey, I probably wouldn't do this if I were you because uh, of the optics. But she went ahead and did it anyway. Now, this is her ego talking. Okay. She went in and then she, she blamed the, uh, she did the uh, blame radio station. Okay, I guess. I got it right here. You as a woman, as a WNBA player, it's not complicated for me at all. Even if there's a few times that we've been at a club at the same time. Kobe's not the kind of guy. I've never been like, you know, Lisa, go get that girl or tell her or send her this. I have other NBA friends that are like that. Mm -hmm. Kobe's, he, he was never like that. I just never see, have ever seen him being the kind of person that would be, do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way. I, that's just not the person that I know. But Lisa, you wouldn't see it though. As his friend, you wouldn't that's, see that's it. And that's possible. Mm -hmm. I just, it's just, I just don't, I just don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying things didn't happen. I just don't believe 
that things didn't happen with force. Is it even a fair question to talk about it, considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really part of his history? I think that the media should be more respectful um, at this time. It, it's like if you had questions about it, you've had many years to ask him that. I don't think it's something that we should keep hanging over his legacy. I mean, he went to, it went to trial. Yeah, but the case is, it was dismissed because the victim in the case refused to testify. So it was dismissed. And I think that that's how we should leave it. So I love the way, for one, Lisa Leslie type of friend I want in my life. Defend me even when I'm not there. A lot of times you hear these, you see these memes. Gail King. Such and such was talking about you. Uh, what, what, out of pocket. What was said, what was said about you and the whole Way out of pocket. What did you say? What do you gain? This is somebody who defended him while he wasn't there to defend himself. So I, I give him all the props in the world. Now, that was where it preempted the big brouhaha. Snoop Dogg responded. There, if you can play that, go ahead. You got that queued up. Gail King, out of pocket for that shit. Way out of pocket. What do you gain from that? I swear to God, we the worst. We the fucking worst. We expect more from you, Gail. Don't you hang out with Oprah? Why y'all attacking us? We your people. You ain't coming after fucking Harvey Weinstein asking them dumbass questions. I get sick of y'all. I want to call you one. Is it okay if I call him one? Funky dog head bitch. How dare you try to tarnish my motherfucking homeboy's reputation, punk motherfucker. Respect the family and back off, bitch, before we come get you. Yeah. Then, then what you're about to hear was little boosies, but it was just more of the same. Right. Now, once again, Gail had several chances to let it go. She did her journalistic duty by bringing it up. So what I've seen since this, those are those who are condemning her. And then there's a, those are those who are defending her. But those that condemn her, let me just tell you something about black culture. I ain't been nothing but black my whole life. I know a lot of black people. I grew up with black people. I've been around black people. Respect the family and back off. We have a way, before we come we have a way of correcting stuff in our community. This was a correction. You overstepped your bounds. For one thing, we don't we don't speak on dead people. When Funkmaster Flex spoke bad about Tupac a year and a half ago, he got backlash for calling him Cheddar Bob and the whole thing. T.I. addressed it and said, hey, we don't speak ill of the dead. That's not something we do as black people. Gail King needed to be checked. Now, do I agree with calling a black woman a B in the media and the whole nine? Let me just say this. No, let me just let me, let me end it right there. No, it's not right to ever call a black woman a B, especially in the media. If you one on one, it, it really ain't right. Sometimes you acting that way, you're gonna get called that. But if we're talking about culture, we're talking about code, Gail King didn't stick to the code. A lot of us feel betrayed because we know that the media gonna do their job and assassinate this man's character anyway. The problem was we feel hurt as a people that someone that looked like us that come from the culture, supposedly come from the culture, is doing the job of, of, of multimedia. They're gonna do that anyway. They're gonna bring it up anyway. They're gonna say it anyway. But what I what what we tend to see 
and I'm just going to get to mine because I want y'all to get y'all to y'all's, is that these pseudo-Negroes, and, you know, I, I, I think that the term coon is overused right now, sellout is overused. I really believe that Gail thought she was doing her journalistic duty, but she overstepped the bounds, and she needed to be checked. Calling her the B word and all this other stuff and talking about how she looking ugly and all this other stuff, that's too extra. That's not that's uncalled for because then you lose the message. But once again, it was needed because she needed to be made an example of. When he was talking about we coming for you, he wasn't talking about killing her, because you see overcrying and all this other stuff, talking about you kill. No, we talking about canceling you. Ain't nobody talking about wiping you off the face. Because guess what? Had that been Laura Ingram? Had that been any one of the white media that said that, and Snoop said it, it would have mushroomed cloud into something bigger. And it would still be going on. This, it's crazy because we're allowed to hurt each other and they don't care. They like, oh, we, 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 we check each other very well for them. We, we do the job of, of the dominant society very, very well, in which they don't need to do it because they're letting us argue amongst each other. The thing is, Yale got checked. Let's leave it alone. She threw gasoline on it when she went in and she tried to defend her actions. And I'm sick and tired of the bourgeoisie Negroes. Those of you that I know, I know people with their master's, master's degrees, doctors. It seems like the educated Negroes want to come out and say, oh, my brothers of this ilk, my sisters of this ilk, they don't understand that. Y'all stop doing that, anesthetizing things. You know what I'm saying? Coming in and think that you have to put your minute gloves on and touch us. And, oh, well, they don't understand. And they come from this and they don't know this. No, 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 stop that. Her ass got checked because she needed to get checked. Now that it's done, we need to move on. It's bigger thing, bigger fish to fry. You had a president that was accused of 17 rapes, 17 molestations, who has it on tape saying that he grabbed women by the PUSSY. But he in, the, he in the Oval Office. He just got acquitted. You talking about stitches get, sti snitches get stitches, and then y'all don't talk in the cold of this and the blue wall of silence? Well, let me just tell you this. You had where the Republicans voted this. You had where the Democrats voted that. You, you were shown that you ain't nothing in America. They stuck together. They stuck to code. We have a code amongst black people. You don't overstep that line. You don't talk about the dead like that. We may know he did this. We may know he did that. How many people have been at a funeral with a person who molested them, but they didn't bring up their molestation at their funeral out of respect for the dead because everybody in the family was there? You wouldn't have said it at the funeral, Gail, because somebody would have punched you in your mouth. <laughs> So let's, let's just keep it all the way 100. We, we act like we get behind these keyboards, we get behind these cameras, and we start acting different. So I'm sorry that I got on my high horse and I took a lot off my brother. I'm going to pass it on to you, but I said what I said. What, what, what's your thoughts on this? Well, first thing, I, I love all my, 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 my sisters, mm -hmm. period. So my job as a man is to protect them. That's right. Period. At the same time, I don't want my one. I don't want to be rolled roll down the bus. Gotcha. She did. Yeah. The brother's dead. You know what I'm oh. saying? So respect that. Respect him. That's all. That's it. And then we move from there. Let's go from there. That's all. That's it. That's it. My yeah. brother. Yeah, I just think a lot of people got away from the issue. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of other issues get brought up off another issue. That's right. So, number one issue is the world is mourning Kobe Bryant right now. And she knows that. And she has the power. She's a powerful woman like Oprah in the game. So when that question hits her desk, oh, no, I'm not asking that question. That's right. We all know that. I want to say one thing about uh, Michael Eric Dyson. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He jumped on and said what he said. He's just someone I have admired over the years. But he, even he knows and would agree with what you said. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he's in a position now where I think he can't talk like that now. Cause he, but he's wrote books about Jay-Z and yeah. Tupac. Mm-hmm. So he knows how Stick, he knows to stick the code. Yeah, stick the code. We gotta stop. We so. cold switch all the time. No cold switch when when it when it's convenient. Can be, like when it's convenient, can't do it. Lisa, so you know. Um, I think that real quick, Lisa, before you go, my man Patrick Bubble Boy Cole said "coon" is overused because there's a lot of coons in entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speak that. Everybody always speak that. Go ahead, Lisa. I'm sorry. Um, I think that everybody is upset with Gail, but Gail was just doing what she's been trained to do. She's a journalist, so she goes in there to do, to ask the questions that you shouldn't ask. So, me being who I am, if I was in the situation, I wouldn't have asked that question, but... I'm not Gail King. So I think we can't get mad at a dog for barking when a dog barks. But once again, she asked the question, but then when Lisa said he's not that type of person, she made aspersions about his character. Yes. That's what changed the whole thing. That's her job. No, no. no. Her job is to be objective. No, it's to be objective. Her job is not to make accusatory statements. It's to be objective. At that point, she, she, she took a side. And then she tripled down. Mm-hmm. She tripled down in the end when she said, oh, the case was dismissed because she didn't testify. Derek, what's your thought process? You, but you know, I, you know, you just, everybody made such great points. So I want to touch on everything. What you just said right now, being her job, and if we all know journalists, if we all know interviews, right, the, the way the interviewers climb up the ladder is to ask Questions like that, like when you see a Stephen A. Smith interview with Kevin Durant, he he gets props for asking those type of questions. Like, I want to dig deep. I'm gonna ask the questions that no other reporters ask. That's how they climb the ladder. It's about status. So, but I, I I was it just occurred to me like by her even going there, she's like thinking as a as a reporter like I'm trying to be up here. So I'm about to ask these questions that's really gonna spark a fire, and that's exactly what she did. Two, she, of course she needed to be, it, it, there's a balance, man, that we don't, I think black folks are just way too emotional. I Definitely. think we get way too emotional about certain things. It's like, okay, when stuff like this happens, okay, when I seen, I was like, oh man, that question, she, she was out of bounds for asking that question. And that's it. You was out of bounds, Gail King. And she was. You was out of bounds. With, but the, the vitriol, all the vitriol that came after that, that's extra. Like you said, she needed to be checked. All that, yo, funky cock bitch, yo, horse head bitch, and all that. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's just too much. Now she's getting death threat. And as a black man, to go with what you're just saying, you know, she's still our sister. So death threats ain't something that we do. You see what I'm saying? We don't burn jerseys. We don't do that. Like what with, with Snoop did, you see that? They, they getting out of her on Twitter. They getting out of her. We not going to. So who's going to protect our sister? Because she's wrong. But she's still us, mm-hmm. so we gonna hold her down and we gonna leave her out there. See, it got we, it can't be all or nothing all the time. You know what I mean? Okay, let's let's put her like look, and she knows now. She 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 it, it, she got to know now. But at this point, like okay, she's still us, and so let's check her. Let's put her in and let's say we gotta say, hey, I disagree. I thought you was wrong. You thought you was way wrong. At the same time, let's leave it at that. She don't need all. You know what I mean? All the other stuff is just. 
Patty Ella says she should have not said that because that situation was over for that man. He had moved on. Let me just be, let me, let me point something out. And I think what both of y'all said has merit. 17 years passed from the time that case ended to now. Yes. To the time that man died. You had all that time. And Lisa Leslie even said that when she was talking. Yes. All that time to ask And shout out to Lisa Leslie yeah. for yeah. handling yeah. herself like a, like class. Like she handled herself. That is a friend indeed right there. But let me, let me, let me express this one more time. Once again. The dominant society does not have to police us because we do a, job, a good job of policing mm -hmm. ourselves. Once again, Gail King is still our sister, and we we going to forgive her. We're going to forgive her. But the thing is, you're going to have those in the media who use, quote-unquote, what they call objectivity mm -hmm. in order to attack their own. But we have to stop meeting that vitriol with the vitriol that what she met. We have to see that there's a bigger design for us. They, they taught us how to hate ourselves, mm -hmm. and we continue to perpetuate the behavior whenever we do something. Once again, y'all letting this whole acquittal thing and this impeachment trial of Donald Trump go too right. easy. Go to the right. freaking polls. You so woke now. Oh, we don't vote because it's all set up. You see this man just appointed 115 judges. You see that this nation is changing. But y'all sitting here, you so, you so, I'm so woke that I understand that the system's set up. I remember when that whole little, uh, the election was coming up when it was Hillary and it was uh, it was Trump. And they was like, oh, this thing is an insult to my intelligence. You were saying it was an insult to your intelligence because you thought Hillary was going to win. But when Donald Trump won, was it still an insult to your intelligence? Now it's an assault on your life. Stop freaking playing. You're not that woke. We're not that woke. We still fall into the, the perpetual thing of attacking each other. Mm -hmm. It's identity, identity politics coming on too much. So we need to do something. Olery just said, in my opinion, it's all propaganda and a distraction. Gail King just wanted high ratings. Exactly. Now she got the mud too. She also said, stay woke. Miss Michaelia Mitchell was Mitchell. That's Lily. Yeah. She said, Gail was wrong, but we have to learn to disagree with people without dehumanizing them. People. The death threats and crazy remarks was doing too much. That's my point exactly. What's the four Ds again, D? What's the four D's that they use? It's, it's uh, discredit. Discredit. Uh, man, demonize. Dismiss. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is we've taken what what our masters has, have given us and applied it to ourselves all the time. We just not. We need to stop perpetuating that, perpetuating that behavior. But once again, it does not take Gail King off the hook. No, she has learned. Any journalist after that, don't worry. White media will do it for you. Uh, yeah. Stop acting like you operating at a higher thing because they not. They not. As long as they're in power, they happy. They happy. If this impeachment trial ain't taught you nothing, it's taught you one thing. They're going to stick together with each other. Period. You better believe that. So we need to be sticking together yeah. with each other. Gail, you did wrong, but I still love you. Yeah, go around, go around, go around for uh, final comments on this before we move on. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Even with that being said, like there's pictures circulating with all of them together. Mm. Like Snoop, Gail, and Oprah, they all know each other. Yeah. <laughs> so they can go sit in that room whenever they feel like it and, and come up with a plan yeah. and make yeah. everything Top right. It up. Get it so like you say, it's all about unity, which is easy to do you know, if you really want to do it. Hey, thank you, Patrick, both for Cole. Lisa, Lisa. Um, I just want to say that I disagree with. I just agree with everything that you guys that you guys said. Like, like you said, the media 
is going to, white media is going to eat us up. But they, what they've already done is that they put those molds in, in our community where we'll, or where they'll put us against each other. So we're already against each other. So we're already going to dog each other. You can't, it's like you can't do nothing because somebody doesn't like what you do. Then instead of just not liking it, we got to dog you. If I don't go with what you say, if I go against your ideology, your grain, then we just have to dog each other. But we have to stop that. That's why we are where we are now. Until we stop and realizing that I don't have to be like you. I don't have to look exactly like you. But guess what? We all got a common issue. I agree. And the common issue is this white supremacy. The common issue is the media. The common issue is racism, prejudice. But we so blinded by our differences, we can't see that. We can't get past that. So until we get past that and open up our eyes to all this... I'm woke, I know, all that so shit is sure. just irrelevant. For so sure. We need to have decorum when we're dealing with each other. Yeah. yeah. You're still my sister, you're still my brother. And black women, we love you. We love you. And I apologize to any black woman that was offended for the language that was used, but Gail King needed to be checked. Me too. Once again, she needed to be checked. Yeah. And you and you made a you made a great point because you did so duty asking the question. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you felt you were a journalist, you asked a question, but it seemed like her purpose, and I think where, and I know where the hurt comes from with Snoop, and he said it in the interview because you know where's where's this vitriol for Harvey Weinstein? Why is it that it's black women mm-hmm. trying to uh, 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 assassinate the character of black men, and 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 that's where the hurt is in Snoop, and I know I can feel it. Yeah. I get the same I feel thing the same too. Thing. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way too. Like, why way. is it that? It's us. It's this, you know, black on black crime, so to speak. It's yeah. us on us, and 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 you know what I mean. When it should be the other way around. So I get it, but at the same time, we got to put our feelings in the book bag sometimes and deal with it uh, as adults. Like, okay, yeah, because because yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It was hard for me to. It was uh, all about emotion. Yeah. As soon as I heard it. Right, like, right. And when you it. speak out of that emotion, emotion. So right that's now, what happens. Right now, I'm reacting. Uh-huh. Now, after seeing it and uh, and uh, let, let, let it sit down, I had to apologize, uh, tell her I'm uh, uh, sorry mm-hmm. uh, my, about my post. Right. And how I, I uh, treated, you know. Because it's very uh, big of you to say that. Yeah. See, that's what grown men do right there. But see, we got to learn that, y'all. Y'all. If y'all following the president, he don't apologize for anything. He yeah. doubled down. He just fired. Yeah. He just fired yeah. a man that got shot for yeah. this country, that put his life on the line, and yeah. his brother, and fired somebody who gave him a million dollars for his campaign. Mm-hmm. We're the loyalty in that. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to be coming and going after this president, but we going after each other. Y'all, we we looking at the wrong things. We, we hey, still, ladies, oh go ahead. Um, we still acting. We still have the symptoms of that post. Dramatic slave syndrome. One of the symptoms from there is an overreaction. You know what I'm saying? You overreact to things. Hypersensitive. Hypersensitive. Yeah. And that we are. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, so our symptoms are from post dramatic slave. So educate yourself. Yeah. Unite with each other. <laughs> That's it. Patrick Bubba Boy Cole said Baba Sara Amen Amen. He all Janice Janice said, Yes, Lisa. Lee Patrick Mitchell said Gail even admitted that she was wrong too and that it looked bad on her part. 
Y'all tapped in to the full disclosure show. Derek Lamont wins the first. Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dashley, Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. And we got special guests, my man K. Wall and my man George in the crib. And we're going to move right along. Y'all got any comments for the last topic? Put them in the, you know, you well, got the, the call. Did somebody call? Well, go, yeah, call in. We're going to go ahead and move into this next topic, Miss Lisa Lisa. So, I want to talk about the OAAU. I'm so excited to talk about this, y'all. Y'all don't understand my excitement. So, I was watching the uh, documentary on Netflix. If you guys have not watched it, y'all definitely need to make sure y'all watch this documentary on Netflix called Who Killed Malcolm X? Now, it, for me, it was very informative. I learned a lot of things that I did not know that I have always wondered about when I watched this documentary. And so it got me to thinking about Malcolm X and thinking about his legacy and the things that he did. And one of the things that he did was he started an organization called the OAAU. And nobody talks about this. I've never heard nobody talk about it. I kind of forgot about it until this documentary. So with the AA, with the OAAU was, after he left the Nation of Islam, he went to Mecca and then he went to Africa, another part of Africa. And he met up with these people that had their own organization called the OAU. So he came back here and got with a couple of conscious brothers, one of them being Dr. John uh, Hinkle, I'm sorry, Dr. John Clark, and Jesse Gray, and a couple other people, and started this organization. And what it comprised of was he wanted to get the African Americans here in America with, from African descent and the Africans from the Afri country Africa get them together and get this whole pan-Africanism thing going on, get us where we needed to be. And he actually has started to make moves and started the organization. He had a few meetings before he died. And of course, he was assassinated before he could get this jumping off. So as I was doing my research upon this and reading up on it, I was like really impressed and really, I really admire Malcolm X as a person. Me as a person, I think that he was probably the only person that then and probably now could actually unite us. You know what I'm saying? He was just one of them type of people, people who was able to move in any situation that he needed to move in. And that's what made him one of the greatest you know what I'm saying, Speech speakers, one of the greatest civil rights workers that we had. So I was reading up on the philosophies and his principles in this organization. So he had five principles. The first one was um, restoration. In order to release ourselves from the oppression of our enslavers, then it is absolutely necessary for the African-Americans to restore communication with Africa. Two is reorientation. 
We can relearn much about Africa by reading inf informative books and by listening to the experiences of those who have traveled there. Three, education. The organization of African American unity is devised original e educational method and procedures which will liberate the minds of our children. We will encourage qualified African Americans to write and publish the textbooks needed to liberate our minds, educating them, our children at home. Three, economic security. After the Emancipation Proclamation, it was realized that the African American constituted the largest homogeneous ethnic group with the common origin and common group experience in the United States. And if allowed to exercise economic or political freedom, would in a short period of time own this country, we must establish a, technolog a technic technical bank. We must do so, we must do this so that the newly independent nation of Africa can turn to us who are their brothers for the technicians that will need that will need now and in the future future five self-defense in order to enslave a people and keep them sub subjugated their rights to self-defend must be denied we encourage the african-american to defend themselves against attacks of the racist aggressor whose sole aim is to deny us the guarantee of the United Nations Charter of Human Rights and of the Constitution of the United States. So those were the principles that he wanted when he started these organizations. And this organization, they, they were concerned about human rights and um, they wanted to focus on uh, voters registration, school boycotts, rent strike, housing rehabilitation, and social programs with addicts for addicts. And what he did was he started to when he would have his speech, the last speeches that he had in the last two weeks of his life, he started to tell people about this. And this was the fear, one of the fears of white supremacy is black unity. People, people don't understand that we are the most powerful race there is on the planet Earth. That's just what it is. Yeah, I said it. We are the most powerful. We have the most power when it comes to economic. We have the most power when it comes to resources. Africa is, is the richest continent out there we have. And Malcolm knew that. And Malcolm had began making moves to unite us. And I think that this is something that needs to be talked about. This is something that needs to be looked into. And this is something that needs to um, start, start back up because we are in a fucked up situation right now. Our, our community needs, needs some reevaluation and nobody's going to save us but us. And I think that Malcolm X is somebody that we should all study, we should all learn his techniques, we should all learn his ideology. And this is not to say to be a Muslim, because I'm not a Muslim, and I will never be a Muslim. Nothing against anybody that is a Muslim, but that's not me, and I will not be part of no religion group. 
religious group. That's not me. But just because you admire somebody that is part of a religious group or you admire what he says or his ideology doesn't mean that you, you know what I'm saying, doesn't mean that you have to be a part of that group. And that's part, we need to leave our differences at the door. We need to leave, like Michael said, we need to leave our gods at home because we all have a common problem. And the common denominator is white supremacy. And that's just where I'm going to leave off at. Let me read some of these comments before we get to get to y'all. Riz, you, you got them? Yeah, Trudana Staples, uh, in the last statement, she was saying, uh, in the meantime, Trump appointed hundreds of federal judges ages 30, 35 to 45 for lifetime appointments. Patrick Boy Cole said Malcolm X was the epitome of integrity. Uh, what's going on, Tom? Tom, Bob, Tom. All right, gentlemen, you want to piggyback off of that? Oh, Either. yeah. Um, when you were saying that, it was just making me like, wow. What if uh, Michael could have been around now and you see what Akon doing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That yeah. would be real amazing. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So it's like, it really is going on. It's all about how we pull it all together. Mm -hmm. You know? So it was really, that's what sparked my mind with listening to you say that the most, really. I think that Malcolm X, Malcolm X was so powerful that in order to perpetuate white supremacy, in order to perpetuate racism uh, and to keep us separated, Malcolm X had to be killed for that cause because they wasn't going to be able to continue doing what they were doing if Malcolm X was alive, even if they killed Martin Luther King. The, the cause still would have went on. And no disrespect or not to take no credit for Martin Luther King because he made some moves for us too. But Malcolm X was what it, where it was. And, Mal and Martin had realized that at the end of his life when they started to, well, after he right. left the Nation of Islam and started his OAAU, him and Martin had talked. And that right there, that right there, that was the, that was put the, put the cherry on mm. the cake. Mm. Because them two right there was a force to be reckoned with. Mm. And that scared the hell out of them white folks. That scared the hell out of Elijah Muhammad. And they had to get rid of him. In the government. Divide and conquer. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Can't have that. That's what it is. That's my part. Uh, the government killed both of them. And we do this. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the divides, uh, they kill all the leaders. They made us search for uh uh what do you call direction bad direction mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying then we had what uh they uh they broke up the families yep uh no parks no nothing more with the uh raise uh get the get the kids right mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so eh. Losing Malcolm hurt our progression. I think that that losing Malcolm was one of the worst things that had that happened to us as a group. Mm -hmm. Losing yeah. Malcolm and I think integrating us with white folks is two of the things that hurt oh. hurted us and hurts us today the most. Dick Oh man, you know. <laughs> 
that's a lot of stuff to cover. When, when, I, when I hear stuff like that, um, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. Um, but we as a people, we have to stop looking for leaders. You know, lead your own family. Uh, the blueprint has been put down there. Malcolm X was definitely one of them. He was definitely a Messiah. He was Christ in the way that he did things. When I say Christ, it's going to throw a lot of people off. Mm. But Christ wasn't Jesus' last name. You know, Christ meant that you were someone who helped your people uprise from your their oppressors. Yeah. And, you know, prior to him, we had different Christ. You, you know, you had Harriet Tubman. You know, you had uh, Nat Turner. You had Marcus Garvey. You know, these Marcus Garvey, in, in general, you know, laid the blueprint for a lot of what Dr. John Henry Clark stood for. And you mentioned him as part of this this, this consortium that Malcolm X had put together. The the elders put together everything we need to do. We just never followed it. Mm -hmm. the, if you really want to read something, read the blueprint from Black, uh, Black Power. And the blueprint of Black Power from Dr. Amos Wilson will have everything that you need to know in it. Amos Wilson is from the teachings of Malcolm X. It's from the teachings of the Dr. John Henry Clark. What we tend to do, each generation wants to feel like they're the ones that found the, right. the, the they're the Morpheus or they're the Neo. The, the blueprint has been laid out. You know, we got our brother, Dr. Claude Anderson, who's our elder at this point, who is on his way out. And I'm not wishing anything bad on him, but he's 86 years old. We need to start listening to these brothers because they're telling us what we need to do. You know, so these people have laid the groundwork. Malcolm has laid the groundwork. This the organization we talk about now is sixty uh, was fifty years old back in two thousand fourteen. Was that six years ago? So it's fifty six years old now. We need to start moving on that. You know what I'm saying? The, the groundwork has been laid, and like you said, uh, Malcolm and Martin Martin became more Malcolm before he left. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and Malcolm left before Martin. So Martin tried to take that torch even further. And you saw what happened with his last mm -hmm. speech. His whole thing was the Poor People's March. Mm -hmm. Once he said, okay, wait a minute. Let me unite all poor people. We all getting played. Because yeah. he said, I feel like I led my people into a That's burning right. house. That's right. Okay, let me change the course of this. We, we, we're the ninth richest nation in the world as far as GDP, gross domestic product. <coughs> like the way we spend and nothing has changed. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't. We're not poor. We just have poor spending habits. Uh, and if we understand uh, that the, the, the ground uh, we we live on is it, it, blessed, let me tell you something. It, it's it's amazing. You know, when people talk about things, they normally only talk about symptoms and not the causes. You were designed to be excluded from society as far as it comes as an economical power in society. So if you know that, what do you do? You just reverse that and work work the back way. But every time we do that, they, they make us worship the same things they worship. You know, clothes, money, the whole nine status. But if we realize the neighborhoods that we live in and that we move out of is what they're moving back into and they're gentrifying and pushing us yeah. back out. Yeah. So, you know, I fell into that trap by living out here. You know what I'm saying? I need to be in that inner city. What we have to realize is that the government bankrupted our communities on purpose. They built the highway system in order to bankrupt black communities. So when you start realizing that you had a government that was against you, start working against that. Make sure that we change the laws that's on the book. We, as a people, are the most powerful people on this planet. I love when you talked about Akon a few weeks ago, when you had Akon City, he building a, a city, he built an airport, he's doing everything, brought power to millions of people. You know, they, the power structure doesn't want to see that because that brings people independence. But that's our key. So we as a group, we need to get together and start investing back in Africa. Whether they want us there or not, 
I'm, I'm tired of saying, oh, well, they don't want us. There nobody want us anywhere. You, you go in. This is might. Money is might. You know, uh. education is might. That's well, our power. But from my understanding, they want us there. I know they want us there. <laughs> they want but, us but, but see, you know, I'm, I'm just talking about to the people that, you know, negative people have a problem for every solution. They do. Uh -huh. So we have to start being the beacon. We can't sit here and say we need to unite and we're not giving them anything to unite for. Exactly. People are bandwagoners. We need to make them want to jump on the bandwagon. Let's start increasing our success. We need more David Banners. We need more Acons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When when, when Jay-Z Jay started doing the stuff with the NFL, all you saw was cool, sell out, blah, blah. But people who aren't used to having power don't understand power moves when they see power moves. You know? Mm -hmm. So... You know, it's going to be people who are going to take your words out of context and say, oh, she's she trying to do this, this, and this. Drazana Sable said, I agree, Bob. We need to stop looking uh, for a leader and lead ourselves. That's right. Uh, Drazana went on to say, uh, to read Dumb and Down Reflections on the Miseducation of the Negro by Jeff Minsize, Ph.D. So we need to take that book out. D, I'm sorry, bro. I know you want to say something. Well, um, let me just say, man, this Malcolm goes really deep with me. You know, when I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, when I was introduced to Malcolm X, you know, it, it marked a turning point in my life personally. You know what I mean? So, and that just tells you when you talk about legacy. Malcolm X was dead. I was born in 73. Malcolm X was already dead. Say but Malcolm X impacted my life to that, such a degree that. to who I am today. When you talk about what was the end of the movie, I am Malcolm X. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's real talk. And because I am like, like that was a turning point, you know, in my life when I was in the streets and I was doing this and I was doing that. And who knows what was next for me? You know what I mean? And I came to a point and I read this story about this guy who was a thug and who was running the streets and doing this and doing that. And, mm -hmm. and then made a complete 360 and became and, and then I used to listen. I don't know if y'all remember. Uh, the, the Cleveland the Cleveland State radio station on Sunday Saturdays they used to have hip hop underground yeah. to like four in the morning yeah. and then afterwards yeah, yeah CSU yeah. Yeah. yeah and afterward they would play speeches wow. yeah. of Malcolm yeah. X and Farrakhan yeah. and I would sit up all night long listening to these speeches man and you know and I and the stuff. Like and we were just talking about, you could play that stuff right now, and if somebody didn't know who was talking, you would think they'd be talking about what's going on right, right now. now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just you know, so it really goes deep with me and like the person I am. And like we was we was talking earlier today, and it was like the start process. Like, what if Martin Luther King wasn't assassinated? What if Malcolm X wasn't killed? You know what I mean? What if the Black Panther Party wasn't dismantled? Do you could you imagine what those platforms would be now? You know what I mean? Could you imagine what you know that it you know that it just it's it's hard to fathom. And then when you think about the fact that the Ku Klux Klan is still here as strong as ever, it's no surprise who your president is. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Wow, you that. you think about what could have changed had these guys lived. Like when you said, Malcolm X had to go because he was such an intelligent brother. Like he, when he was going to these other countries and he was talking to these people, 
and he's explaining them what America is doing in white supremacy, and they can't do nothing but to say, "Wow, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we see your facts, you know," and that terrified them. That terrified that he was able to articulate. The struggle mm-hmm. so well, like it spoke to me. That's what spoke. Like it was like, wow, man, you know. And and so so the the impact and the legacy of Malcolm X continues. You know, is is like for something like this, this generation to be introduced to him. I go back. I want to end real quick because I don't know. I think I was watching Juice, and or some movie, older movie, and I think it was. And he had a, he was doing a little DJ. And it's a poster of Malcolm X on the wall. Or you know what I mean? And I was. And it got me thinking, like, wow, like the kids now, what poster do they have on their wall? Wow. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, who is that? You know that example. And when we're in the in the uh, Ozzy Davis, when he said Malcolm X was a shining example of black manhood, like he was a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unapologetic, what he stood for, speaking truth to power. So that's you know, the, and that impacted my life, man. You know what I mean? That impacted my life and it made me who I am. Yeah. And I admire him as a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's somebody that I would aspire to, you know what I'm saying? I would modern my who I am mm-hmm. and what my thought process behind him. It's like people so, talk to say those things about Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my energy from Malcolm X. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm a woman. You know what I'm saying? So, and one of the things that I would like to do is further myself and start doing a little more speaking and things like that. And oh, I think right. that Malcolm X is somebody that I know I'm going to study Malcolm X <laughs> and study his speech and how yeah. he uh, does That's his speech. And, right and yeah. it may sound even crazy to some people, but when you are doing speeches or you any type of speech, uh, motivational speaking, uh, speaking in a podcast, financial speaking, whatever, I think that people should study people like Malcolm X. And even people like Adolf Hitler. And that ain't to say you got to go with those values. But the way that those people were able to capture their audience and get those people to follow them. If you're looking for power in your speaking, those are people that you need to study. I am definitely will be studying Malcolm X. Y'all tapped in to the Full Disclosure Show. Derek Lamont wins the first. Barbara Ritz Green, Dick Dashley, Miss Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house, special guest, my man Kay Wall, my man George, yes indeed. We're going to go ahead, man, like I said, call us up, man, 330-578-423. I think we had a call we missed. We try to get y'all on. Please leave your comments. What we got? Uh, I, we got Lisa and Derek, you are exactly correct. Brother Malcolm and, and those that came about in that era designed the blueprint for us. Yes, indeed. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and get into my topic, man, and, you know, tie everything together in a sense when I'm talking about uh, spirituality versus religion. And this is, a, this is a conversation I have quite often with people who are always curious about what I believe and who I am and what, you know what I'm saying, these, these issues, because I don't adhere to any religious set. And what I want, and I, I don't want to be long with it, winded, but I just want to show example that spirituality and religion are two different things. And not only are they two different things, but religion is actually the antithesis of spirituality. So real quick, when I, when I had these conversations with people, I try to use the analogy as, you know, you, you have, you know, 
what you call the soul or your life force, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The thing that makes you you, the things that keep that you know that that makes you who you are. You know, you have that, and then you have what we call the spirit, or which is kind of like I call it umbilical cord. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you have that umbilical cord to the universe, to the, the Almighty, to the creation, through the creation, whatever you want to call it, right? So you have this. And when I ha- I had this conversation, I always asked the people, I was like, so do you believe in the spirit? Of course, they say yes. <laughs> and then I say, well, where is it located? And they think about it. And they say, well, it's in you. Okay. So you, if your spirit is in you, that means you have an internal connection to the creator. That's right. So... Why embrace external explanations to God? And when they say that, they, you know, they give me that blank face. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Anything outside of that internal connection to the creator, we what we would consider religion. We consider like this is coming from an external force. So, and, and, and there's proof of this. This is not talking. We have proof because we have what is called intuition. You know what I mean? And when, when it's that intuit in knowing of something. How do you know something, but you don't know what you know? Right. You just know, you know it. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's what the spiritual connection is. And me personally, in my spiritual uh, uh, journey, I've learned to tap into that more because a lot of times we dismiss it. And especially when you're in religion, when we say it's the opposite because... People who, you know, you say God speaks, God speaks to you 24-7, 365 because you're connected with that umbilical cord. So, but when you have to say, well, I'm asking God. So whatever message you get, you have to check it with the, uh, the book, the Bible. It has to line up. You know what I mean? So that's not spirituality. That, that's what you call dogma. You know what I mean? Spirituality is, is, every, is natural. It's like, and if it's unnatural... Well, that's when we start getting into religion. Like, for instance, how do you know, how do you get an idea, right? <laughs> so you, 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 you're thinking about something, and next thing you know, something you didn't know before comes in your head, now you know it. Where does that come from? You understand what I'm saying? So, and, and so then where it comes from is I get what you call philosophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's basically the, my, my understanding of the world around me based on my spirituality and my connection with the world around me. Mm-hmm. I have a philosophy for my life, you know what I mean, based on my spiritual connection, how I deal with people, how I handle life, how I, you know, I'm treat people and whatnot. It comes from my own spiritual connection mm-hmm. with the Creator. I don't adhere by nobody else's rules because God is just the government. When you when you really you, you look at it's, it's, you look at Christianity, you look at a specific area, right? If you're talking about Islam, you're talking about a specific area, right? The middle Saudi Arabia, you know, that's... If you're talking about Judaism, you're talking about a certain area. Actually, you see them fighting over area. With, with the Muslims and the, and the Christians hey, fighting over the so-called... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we... Holy Land. But spirituality, there is no location. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the universe. It's everything. Everything is included in that. So, I, you know, so... What, what religion was made to do is hijack our spiritual connection to our creator. They, they want to hijack it and bring it to them. So now you got all these middlemen. You got preachers. 
you got pastors, you got fathers, you got Jesus, you got Muhammad, you got Moses, you got all these middlemen to tell you who God is when the whole time you be connected to him, to that energy the whole time. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, so when people, when you're saying you're being spiritual, it means because you out, you ain't going to church, you just staying at home watching Creflo Dollar. You know what I'm saying? That's not being spiritual. That's still tapped into a religion. And what people don't, people don't understand is like, that's why when we were talking about before, like when people would go from one religion to another because they're looking for something that, well, you know what I'm saying? When, when they all plugged into the same ancient knowledge, it's all the same. You know, whether if you if you really get into the, all the religions, they basically have the same story, the same background. If you take the old knowledge, you know what I mean? He, uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Mm-hmm. Tells you right there. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think people in order for us to really get tapped into who we are mm-hmm. and, and understand who you meant to be, I think, you know, I just try to encourage people to get too tapped into their own spiritual connection mm-hmm. and to anything external, anything outside of that, dismiss it because it's all a, a distraction. It cloud, it can cloud your judgment. And I, I had a, a great interview. I watched Ice Cube with my man Talib Kweli. I'm going to say this. I'm going to let y'all go. And he was talking to Ice Cube and, and Ice Cube made a cut, you know, because Ice Cube was always you know, big up in the nation or whatever. And he just asked him a question, like, what is your role with the nation? Are you Muslim? Whatever. And Ice Cube was like, I- I'm not in no religion. Anything that doesn't allow me to be my natural self, I can't do it. And that's basically what religion does. It gives you, you got to wear this. You got to do this. You got to say this. You got to think this. You know what I'm saying? If you're a Muslim woman, you got to wear these on your face because you can't do this. It basically tells you who to be and it doesn't allow you to be who you are. You know what I mean? And so we can have morals and principles that God is without having somebody else tell us what to do. So I'm going to leave it there and uh, get y'all, y'all take, I think Patrick Bubbleboy Cole had a, a comment real quick. What's up, GG? He said, from my experience, real spiritual, real spirituality always manifests in the natural. Definitely facts. 100. <laughs> All right. Let me get y'all take on that. Which one of y'all want to tackle that here first? Yeah, naturally, I try to say you got to believe in yourself. I just say it comes in yourself. Man. Nobody make you believe in yourself but yourself. Mm-hmm. And then it starts with yourself. And a lot of people don't want to break their everyday pattern. It makes them get through their day. So they don't want to hear new things. Right, right. You we know. all learn new things as we get older that wasn't taught to us from growing up. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we're reaching into new dimensions in all of ourselves. But I definitely believe in the spirituality. I'm a better person for that. And real quick, real quick to your point, that's why that's what spirituality is an individual journey. You know, where religion, you have a doctrine that everybody follows. But when you were, and I, they always used the father son, you know, the father son, but you don't treat every single kid the same. You see what I'm saying? So go ahead, uh, George. Same thing. Uh, um, I'm not a. Um, all about my spirit. spirit. Yeah, they, excuse me. Uh, I have a poor show. Yeah, here. Yeah, you still here. So yeah, poor strokes, but he's still here. This is my thing. Just, just about nah, you. if you gotta right. go, you gotta go. I had a uh, poor <laughs> show. When I had him, I ain't say, "Oh God," I ain't say, "Jesus." I said, "Can you get through?" 
Save me. Sorry about God. Father God. That's it. That's it. That's all. Now, uh, in saying that, I know God is in me. I'm a chirping up in my body. Here's my table right here. Here's my temple. So, yes, I'm all about abiding the fact you have you, your your aura, your 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 spirituality. Think what's in your body. Right. Yeah. You know, period. You can't. Mm -hmm. And I, I I'm not gonna change nobody's uh, teaching of that. Mm -hmm. That's you. But I love you anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. I think that some of the, I think part of it is that people are scared to look outside of their church or their religious mm -hmm. belief because we've been conditioned to be scared. Because if you look outside your belief, then you have to worry about being ostracized right. and condemned by your family and friends right. and the church and things of that nature. Uh, and also, I think because people don't have an understanding of the difference between religion and spirituality. They think that they are one and the same. And it's going to take you to not be scared to step out to figure out what those two things are. And a lot of people are just so scared that they're not looking for answers. They have questions, but they don't want to look outside and see if they they may even realize that something ain't right they may even realize that you know um i hear this voice in my head what is this voice in my head you know uh somebody came to me and was like you know i think i'm going crazy i think there's something wrong with me well i asked well why do you say that and they say because i hear this voice in my head it tells me to do stuff. And like, it tells you to do stuff like what? <laughs> See, I'm like, and, and the way they explained it to me let me know that that was just their higher self. That was just their spirit telling them, guiding them, and telling them what they need to do. But they were so confused about religious, religion and religious and spirituality, they were having a hard time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Trying to separate the two as I'm trying to explain it to them. Now, eventually, I think they'll eventually get it. But as of right now, they don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> so I just think that you got to stop being scared. Like, take it from me. Somebody who literally, you know, stepped outside and was like, you know what? Fuck this. Something ain't right. I need to figure out something because y'all not going to keep telling me. A and B equals C, but all right. I keep seeing right. is the letter Z. Right. So y'all not about to convince me that y'all crazy. And for a minute, they literally had me thinking that I was something was mentally wrong with me because <laughs> everybody around me is saying A and B, but I'm saying this ain't adding up. So when I start, okay, y'all gonna talk about me anyway. Y'all gonna do what y'all do anyway, so... Oh, well, you know what I'm saying? So when I felt like that and started doing my own research, okay, 
Either you playing the game or somebody played the game on you. But y'all, uh-uh. You know, and I'm even still being ostracized by some folks. But that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Believe what you believe. Do what you do. You need to say it because, like you said, I'm a, much, I'm a much better person because I learned the difference between between religion and spirituality. And when you do learn the difference, you can't just learn the difference and keep going. Mm-hmm. Practice practice what you're preaching, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Off of what you said, it's like we all here intelligent people. When you study your history, mm-hmm. you see those type of things go beyond the Bible. Yeah. yeah. You just erase all that. Yeah. Because it's not fitting what you're thinking. They do. You still got to try to reach and figure that out. And it leads right back to where we are today, our yeah. people. That's one of the things that I admire about Malcolm X. Like, he didn't go to school. He didn't finish school. Well, he had a fifth grade education, third grade education, if I'm not mistaken. And to talk to that brother, to hear that brother, you would think he spent years in college. You would think he had the highest of the degrees. You know, he was poor. He was thug. He was robbing, stealing, doing drugs. And this brother is one of the most powerful brothers there is. That right there just shows the resilience of black people. And that's just right there. That man followed his spirit. He learned he learned what spirituality was and he listened to that. And who's to say, I mean, he was a Muslim. And who's to say maybe years later, after he got deeper and deeper, if he was still with us, who's to say he wouldn't totally just separate himself from the Muslim religion and consider himself to be just fully spiritual, you know? Because I believe that that's where he was headed had he been with us. Had he been with us today, that's where he would have been. Dick Dash. Hey, well, you know, you know how I feel about spirituality versus religion. Religion is a doctrine, is a dogma. And I've even spent time this week with my man Bob Vitae on talk about the concept of God all the time. The concept of God is a European construct. You know, we didn't have that concept. It was nature, netter, netter rule, nature. And it's like you want, you're terrestrial with the world. Your, your being is part of the being of the whole. As is above, so is below. There's no difference between the two. And I believe that religion separates the two. You know, it makes you look outside yourself for answers when all the answers you want are inside yourself. You can manifest anything if you think hard enough, if you work hard enough, if you know that it's coming from you. But when you ask for something that's outside of that, then, you know, it's kind of foreign. And I understand that people that still have beliefs may listen to that and, and you know, it goes against their grain. I, I get that too, you know, and I, I meet you where you at. The thing is, we have to hopefully as a people move past that. And you don't ostracize me for not right. having your belief right. and I won't ostracize you for having yours. Right. I think the thing that we do, we get into petty differences and we start looking down on each other for what somebody may think. And then, But the greater thing of it all is that we all still have that melanin in us. And then we have a people that's controlling us based on melanin content. Race is a construct as well. Race just means I'm trying to race to get something that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Race is something that's relatively new over the last 200 years. When you think of Margaret Singer, you think of how they use Darwinism the whole nine, that if that's the thing that can separate you, won't we use that to bring us together? And the spirituality is the whole. Even right. if you have a religion, I don't care if you're Buddhist, I don't care if you're 
are Jewish. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care if you're Christian. You still have a spirit that was that's within you. And your spirit, when you meet someone real, it's like you recognize them immediately. Real recognize real. It's like, oh, there's something familiar about you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's stop using so many things to disassociate ourselves or to separate us from that human aspect or that spiritual aspect that we have with each other. Let's connect on a spiritual level. If I can see you on an esoteric level, I could deal with you on a physical level. Right. You know. So if your soul vexes me, I'm not messing with you. But if I see something in you that's good, we can rock. Mm -hmm. And let's just use that. You know, let's right. stop using doctrine. To and man, you know that it, that's two, I, that's two things I want to say. Real, real speak to you what you really just said and what y'all said. Like me, when I learn when when I start really understanding my own spirituality and my own connection, and I start really really tuning into it. Because if you really think about it, every time your intuition, every time your gut feeling, whatever you want to call it, tells you something. It's right. It's usually right. It's right. Mm -hmm. Where we get in trouble it's is when right. we ignore it. We go against it. it. We go against it. That's right. You know, I, I, it's how many times I've been in a situation where somebody might introduce me to someone and that person just don't, mm -hmm. you know. Right. But because the person who introduced me was cool, I was like, oh, they cool, because cool. yes, my dude know. And then yeah, next right. thing you find out that it was the reason yeah. why you, you felt the way that you felt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I knew something wrong. I can't, it's been how many times it's, stupid, I've been, stupid, stupid. yeah, stupid. I've been somewhere, said, yeah. Follow your first mind. How many times yeah. have I been somewhere and I get a bad feeling? That's your first mind. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, man, I need to go. Like, what's wrong? No, I just need to go. And next thing you know, it's it's some fighting or shooting or whatever. So it's like when we when we dismiss that stuff, like oh, and, it, and sometimes it's like a faint. Sometimes it's easy to ignore. You just get a faint feeling, like ah, oh, something. It's just like a stab. You know what I mean? And you're like, ah, oh, it's cool. Next thing you know, you know you're in trouble. And and another thing I wanted to say, like when we talking about spirituality and we talk about the natural, I like you. I mean, if you look at the natural world, how things go. Like, you know, religion tells you that God created man first. But we look and we see women giving birth to all the people. And women, everybody has a belly butt because we were given birth by a woman. That's not natural. You know what I mean? We talk about the natural world. One of the best metaphor I like to use is when a woman does give birth. Like, this is how nature works. This is how God works, right? Her breast milk is engineered specifically for that child. You know what I mean? Whatever that child needs, whatever deficiency that child may have, her breast milk is already manufactured for that baby. You know what I mean? But that's what that's the natural connection. You know what I mean? But what we do, we give them Similac. That's the same. All the Similac is yeah, made the same way. Infamil, yeah. <laughs> but it's the same. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the religion. Like all the religion is the that's same. We we all right. So we, we ain't drinking the, the, the titty milk. We drinking the religion, which is the artificial. You know what I mean? Give me milk straight from the tap. <laughs> yeah, give me from the straight from the mountain. The, straight from God herself. From the areola. <laughs> <laughs> we have some more comments. Rich, you want to read them in there? Oh, that was the last one. Yeah, we had to read. So we had to reconnect. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Once we hit the hour mark, you know. Yeah, so, hey, man. This is the full disclosure show. Derek Lamont wins the first. Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dasley, Lisa, Lisa, the little lady of the house. Special guest, Kay Wall, and my man George. I want to just get uh, 
just get one more round, you know, through before we get up out of here. Final thoughts, everybody. Hey, once again, like I said, y'all, you know, spirituality versus religion. No matter what differences we have, we need to just come together as a people. Uh, we talked about a lot of things today. We covered a lot of ground. We were talking about Gail King and comments after that. Black women, we love you. We know nobody supports us as much as you. We know nobody is unprotected as much as you. Yes. We love you, Queens. You got men here that will die for you. I don't even know you when I die for you. Yeah, but better yet, I kill for you. You know, you got a protector in us, and we love y'all. We don't ever want to hurt y'all, but please don't hurt us. Also, when we talk about Malcolm X and the whole thing, let's 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 carry his legacy on. Yes. That man left a lot of breadcrumbs for us to follow. Let's do that. And as far as spirituality versus religion, let's stop looking at what separates us and what brings us together. Your humanism, the fact that I love you, the fact that I see the spiritual being you are, you are beautiful, you black, I love your melanin. Uh, love Tommy. I love uh, this uh, iPad, y'all. Love it. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it, brother. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Tommy, uh, Man, uh, first of all, I love the the feeling around here. You feel love here, so it's easy it's easy for me to open up a little bit and thank you for that, y'all. Hey man, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Hey, once again, this man had four strokes. Yes, yes, yeah. Holla, holla to, to my to my girl Olary. You see, Olary Staples on there. She's a she's a stroke survivor. She has a what? She has a, a YouTube page on that. Yeah, like I love you, baby. I love you. Yeah, she. K Wall, final thoughts, man. Oh, I just want to say, like you said, the unity is beautiful. Like you say about being able to have different opinions. We should all be old enough to be able to disagree, to agree to disagree. Say that. And we talk about how we don't like Trump, how he carries himself. Yeah. But we cast that upon ourselves. Say that. He, it's, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. People mad because he like this, like that. Oh, he can't do that. That's that Trump stuff. Yeah. So let's just stop that. And it's like I said, it's a beautiful show. Thank you for letting me be a part yeah. of it. Thank you for coming. Anytime, man. Y'all yeah. welcome yeah. anytime. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. doubt. Number love. Number love. Lisa, Lisa, final thoughts. Um, I just want to say that y'all make sure above all, make sure y'all stay royal and let's get this unity thing going on. I think the three of us, we got this platform. Let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Right. We are able to make some moves. So let's get this. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey, y'all, I just want to say like when, you know, think about me, how I talk about my philosophy on life. And when you talk about spirituality, when you really get into spirituality, you understand that we're all basically extensions of each other. Mm -hmm. And once you, when you learn that, it makes it, it you operate different. Mm -hmm. Like you are an extension of me because we all connect. So it, you know, so when things like the Gail King thing happen, you know, I even though I'm angry, I know she's an extension of myself. Mm -hmm. So that's how I deal with people. And, and, and when so when we're talking about the, the environment, it's always all love. Everything I do is about love. You know what I mean? Everything we do is about love. Yeah. I'm telling y'all, tell the people you in your life you love them because tomorrow ain't promised. You know what I mean? It, it's all love. I always say it's all love yeah. all day, all man. Love. Thanks again. Great show. And peace. Peace. peace.